This is Huck Jr., the host of In the Hut. And you listen to the Barbecue Central Radio Network. All barbecue and grilling all the time. Start the game! Let's go! We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the really big Barbecue Central show, a show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling, originating from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I happen to be your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here. If you want to jump in want to make a phone call, you want to construct an email and send it my way in hopes that I will read it on the air, there's a pretty good chance of that happening. In case you don't know how to do that, here's that. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening. In terms of number of guests, it's probably not a huge layout of carnal talent here this evening, as far as sheer numbers are concerned, depending on how you look at it. However, the amount of barbecue aptitude, experience, expert knowledge, the description list will just go on and on. Certainly could be second to none, especially this evening in the first hour or in 12 minutes from now and then the corresponding segment after that. I will be joined by... One of the hottest names in the barbecue industry over the last handful of years. Very successful line of rubs and seasonings, merchandise, barbecue cooking classes. You see him uh, on television locally every now and again from where he's at. He is brand ambassador for a number of different people. He seems to have the barbecue world by the tail at the moment. And for good reason. He's putting in a lot of work. He knows how to make great products. He knows how to make great end products when it comes to barbecue. People always trying to pick his brain. We will be rejoined by the creator of Meat Church and all of the other properties that go along with it, Matt Pittman. Again, 13 minutes from now. Well, maybe 11 minutes from now if we're really going to break down the math and get specific on it. And then the segment after that, assuming, or at least some of the segment after I don't want to overstep my bounds and ask Matt to just stay against his will, especially if he's not having a grand old time, but assuming he's having a decent time and the conversation is there and we're continuing to talk about interesting stuff, uh, we'll keep him up through that second segment as well. That will put a wrap on the first hour. Matt Pittman from Meat Church. 
Then we will look into the second hour. It is the fourth Tuesday of the month, if you can believe it. Now, there is a bonus week in April. So the 30th is, believe it or not, locked and loaded already. We are already closed down for next week's show. That is jam-packed. But the second hour of this evening's show, the fourth Tuesday of the month in the second hour, you know what happens then. It is the embedded correspondence segment. It started out as just an idea, just a spitball. It stuck on the wall. It grew like fungus. Created some of the best segments that have been seen on this show, not only in the last handful of years, but of all time. You have four different dudes, including myself, so I guess that would be five, from various points across the country who have dedicated themselves to A, the show, and B, the industry of barbecue, not necessarily in that order. And we talk about topics. We actually game plan, you know, from tomorrow on Wednesday, we will start spitballing ideas that we will want to try and lay out. Things will come up over the course of the next three and a half weeks. Got to put that on the agenda. Want that. Things were just showing up today, even that we may or may not get to as time allows. But it is the Barbecue Central Show Embedded Correspondent in the second hour, or the Barbecue Central Show Embedded Correspondence segment in the second hour. We have the longest-running correspondent, of course, from Texas, Doug Scheiding. We have Steve Ray from Tennessee, David Huff from Oklahoma, and John Solberg, who also happens to be the executive producer of the Best Moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 Minutes or Less, which show up in the feed every Friday from Michigan. Is that enough? Do I want to hear from you as well? Sure. 216-220-0966. Easier way if you don't want to jump in on the phone, think you're going to flub it up, might get caught in the yellow, uh, the Echo Monster, then you have to listen to me go on and on about it. You can shoot me off a text or an email message, the email greg at com, and I will go ahead and mix that in on the air. Come on. I mean, here we go. 216-220-0966, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Meet Church coming up in about six minutes from now. The Embedded Correspondence coming up in the second hour. Don't forget, you can follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram and on Twitter, slash BBQ Central Show on Facebooks. So if you want to watch the video feed over there, certainly more than welcome to do that. There is also a video feed over on the YouTube Live channel. If you don't know how to find the show in all forms and fashions, just go to my website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And at the top, there's three big buttons, the audio only, the YouTube Live, the Facebook Live. Click on the one that you think would work best for you and then consume it that way. Also, while you're there, at the very top, there's a button that says subscribe. Click on that. And if you are not currently subscribed to the audio archives and or podcast, depending on how uh, how you want to call it, the show is available on podcast. First hour will come out tomorrow. Second hour will come out on Thursday. And then there's that best of show that I mentioned on Friday. So three straight days of new content, especially if you don't watch the show live on Tuesdays, which I recommend that you do at least at some point in your life so you can take in the excitement of what could happen next as we do it live. But subscribe on podcasts. That's the best way to go back and listen to some of the older shows, listen to some of the best segments that you've come to grow, know, and love. And again, it's available on all of the vast platforms that are out there as it relates to podcasting, iTunes, Google Podcasts, 
Stitcher, you name it. Just search the show, the BBQ Central show, and it will show up. Subscribe, and you never have to miss anything again. Again, follow me socially, though. I've been doing a lot with the Instagram, trying to build that following, bring you quality content that you can react to. I like to try and engage as well. It's just not a bunch of crap. Steal other people's photos, put it up, don't react, and just hashtag like a mother on it. I don't do that. Trying to bring some new stuff, some uh, interactive stuff, engage with you guys. So if you're not following me, give me a follow if you want. And then not follow me if you find it to be fruitless or overwhelming or overbearing at BBQ Central Show on both Instagram and Twitter. Before we break and we get to Matt Pittman next segment, I want to give a special mention to a longtime sponsor of this show. He also a hugely successful competition cook, rubs and spices, sauces, barbecue online retailer extraordinaire. I am, of course, talking about Sterling Ball of Big Papa Smokers. And if you are a fan of food and cooking, and I would imagine if you listen to this show either live or in podcast, depending on what is more convenient for you to consume this show, you're a fan of both food and cooking. But if you haven't checked out his cooking channel, let's say, and that's cooking, C-O-O-K-I-N-G, cooking with bigpapa.com. That's the web address. If you haven't checked that out yet, I highly recommend that you get over there immediately after the show ends. You're doing yourself a disservice if you haven't checked it out yet. I just shared one of his latest videos on my Facebook show page. It's Sterling's take on Nashville hot chicken, except in place of chicken, this is kind of genius, he uses the Smithfield pork loin, cuts it off into you know equal lengths and size portions, if you will, puts them in a bag, does the whole mallet, flattens them out, gets them all on the even. Then he fries them up after he breads them. Looks exceptionally. Plates well. He's got a lot of knowledge. He's you know got that great dry humor that you've come to know and love with Sterling Ball. So a lot of great stuff going on over there. Of course, his spices and rubs and other things that he has business interest in happen to make an appearance or things that he uses in his recipes. But why wouldn't he? I mean, they're fantastic. Uh, specifically in the hot chicken or hot pork, it's Hallelujah Jalapeno, the Cucaracha rub as well to give it that heat. But he shows you how to make it from start to finish. It's not a long watch, you know, eight, ten minutes tops. And again, good interaction, great information, great easy recipes. And we all know that Nashville hot chicken, or in this case, Nashville hot pork, one of my favorite sandwiches going right now. So be sure to check it out. Not only a great competition cook, a great cook in general is my pal Sterling Ball cooking with BigPapaSmoker.com. That's cooking. With BigPapaSmoker.com. All right, Matt Pittman, coming up out of the break, let me talk to you quickly about Matt Eads, the Grill Seeker. As we know now for the last couple weeks, the book is out. Grill Seeker, basic training for everyday grilling. Let me tell you a little bit about the author, if you don't know. From the battlefields of Afghanistan, Iraq, Somalia, and Bosnia to a state-of-the-art outdoor kitchen, Matt Eads is looking to unite people through grilling. No matter our race, gender, sexual orientation, cultural upbringing, socioeconomic standing, political affiliation, cooking over fire brings people together. Differences get set aside. That's why you should go to Amazon or my homepage or the Grill Seeker page 
and get your copy of the book, Grill Seeker Basic Training for Everyday Grilling, right now. The focus of the book, to show readers that gourmet grilling doesn't have to take place only on the weekends. Forget that. With Matt's tips and tricks, you can craft amazing meals and create amazing memories for family and friends every night of the week. The memories and the camaraderie that grilling has created for Matt, dating all the way back to his teen years through his time in the Marines, fuel the desire to spread his passion for outdoor cooking. There's also the reason why he started the United by Flame movement on social media with the hashtag United by Flame. A few teasers from the book, as I've told you about here in recent weeks. Grapes, grilled grapes, and roasted garlic-infused ricotta crostini, a grilled Nashville hot chicken. We were just talking about Nashville hot chicken a few minutes ago, but that was with pork. Grilled peach boats with mascarpone ice cream. How delicious does that sound? Very. Also, don't forget to join the hashtag United by Flame movement. Head over to grillseeker.com at the very top of the site above his logo. Click on the United by Flame link and then check out the page. Don't forget, you can send in a photo of you cooking in front of your grill or barbecue pit or both or all of your cooking appliances. You can send that photo in to Matt. He'll put it on his page. Now you are official. Hashtag United by Flame movement. Get with it. As you're cooking, as you get on Instagram, as you get on Twitter, you start putting pictures out. Hashtag it, United by Flame. Let's get this ball rolling. Also, get a copy of the book, Grill Seeker, Basic Training for Everyday Grilling. You get a copy right on my website. Click on the Grill Seeker logo. That takes you to the Amazon page, and away you go. Matt Pittman, Meat Church. Next, stick around. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Show Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, welcome back. This portion of the show brought to you by Butcher Barbecue, makers of award-winning injections, marinades, rubs, seasonings, barbecue sauces, grilling oil. All of Butcher Barbecue products have been tested on the competition circuit as well as in the backyards worldwide. Be the pitmaster of your neighborhood. And visit ButcherBBQ.com to stock up now. Always, always, trust your butcher. All right. My guest in the first hour, hugely successful in the line of rubs. Perhaps you've heard of Holy Gospel or Holy Cow. He also has a bunch of other merch and products to look at giving cooking classes, other live fire stuff. So let's race to the Fogo Charcoal Hotline and welcome back. Friend of the show, creator of Meat Church, based in Waxahachie, Texas. I think I said that right. Matt Pittman joining me. Matt, how are you, buddy? Good. Thanks for having me. Oh, I appreciate you making time here for the show. I know very busy, right? So first off, and Matt, I have to be honest when I ask you this question. I have spoken horse. A lot over the years with various people and with varying degrees of horror and or intrigue. And I truly thought that my guy from Waxahachie would be the first person to give me real life feedback on horse, but not to be the case. What gives? Uh, Well, hold on. I want to give you some credibility. Me? Look at this guy. Holy mo- Love it. That's like uh, old school, too, by the way. Yeah, it's vintage. It's last year's. Do you wear that out in public? 
yeah, and it gets looks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. Well, so what's the what's the canned response back? I lost a bet and I got to wear it or what? Like, hey, I, I ate it once. I'm a supporter, so I'm good. Did you eat horse? Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, I ate it in oh, Japan. that's right. Yeah, yeah, you were out yeah. of the country, right? So I always get yeah. creeped out because I hear somebody ate it, and then my first thought is, oh my god, I hope you didn't eat it in this country. I mean, I hope we all get to eat it in this country legally at some point. Hey, one day. Yeah. Yeah. You think that'll really happen? I think not. No, probably not. Yeah. Probably not. So do you have any thoughts on the NBA playoffs and what two teams you might think will meet in the finals this year? By the way, won't be the Cavs. Uh, will it make you mad if I tell you that I'm not much of a basketball guy. I'm a huge hockey guy. So I'm I'm all about the uh, – I used to work for the Dallas Stars, so I'm all about really? the Stanley playoffs. How did you get in with the Dallas Stars? I used to work in downtown Dallas years ago, and uh, long story, who you know, and worked mm-hmm. in the locker room. So, uh, and all my buddies are equipment managers still. So it's, they're near and dear to my heart. Closed out the the uh, Predators last night. Um. So, let, as much as you aren't a basketball fan, I'm probably less of a hockey fan. Um. I do think, by the way, that hockey players are very tough. And very athletic and very sh- in shape, and I would never ever nary say a word to the opposite of I think they're great because they could easily. I mean, most humans can easily pound me. There's no doubt about. It. But <laughs> where do you think hockey rates? I mean, I know Canadians love it, and uh, obviously it's big in Europe as well. But I, I mean, I just think it's kind of lost until the playoffs start. But I don't know if that's necessarily a, a true measure of how good a sport is, is if you really just tune in for the playoffs. Yeah, um, I mean, I, it's the fourth sport, I guess. But, you know, to me, it's like football, but requires hand-eye coordination. So whenever a team moves in somewhere, so like Vegas right now is on a high, uh, when they came, when the Stars came here in the 90s, it blew up in Texas because it was kind of like football, but then the fighting, the violence, you know, that's, that's a big deal. So um, anyway, Because fo- football is not known for violence, right? Uh-oh. <laughs> Matt Pittman joining me here on the show, meatchurch.com, his website. Uh, by the way, last time you were on, Matt, you were just around 140,000 Instagram followers. You are now at 240,000. Holy moly. Any, like, what's the, I mean, is it just, you're just on fire now? And I mean, how many are you adding a day, do you think? Do you even track that anymore? Yeah, a couple hundred, but I'm not posting as much as I used to. You know, it's some people's life and it can consume you. You know, you've got to feed the machine and the algorithm if you want it to grow. So I do post daily, but, uh, you know, I used to post two and three times a day. And it's just tough because it's me, myself. It's really organic. Um, You know, I'm not one of these reposter guys that's reposting 20 times a day to get to six, seven, eight hundred thousand. So. Uh, but it's it's a lot of work even for, uh, you know, the once at least once or twice I post a day. You know, I I get that people want to get to, I mean, the magic first number is 10,000. So you can start sending out links. And I think that's when people may or may not start approaching you to maybe do some sponsor st- uh, shots and stuff. But once you get to over 100,000 or over 200,000, I mean, if I was an individual and had that following, I think, oh, well, you know, now the ship is going to come in. But you're probably in a unique situation where you probably have the opportunity to make money because of the following and all that stuff. But do you take advantage of that or do you just not need to because it is a marketing tool for your products? Very rarely do I do anything to monetize it, mainly because I want what we do to be very organic and not feel contrived. And so everything we use is stuff that I believe in. And so I get approached every day 
And, you know, first and foremost, I'm like, well, I have to use it and want to use it and want to try it and like it and believe in it. But I just don't jump right into things. I've done some campaigns here and there that I think are good for barbecue and things like that. But um, you can go back and look. Very rarely do I go, you know, pimp a product for a sponsored ad, I would say. Matt Pittman joining me here on the show. All right, Matt. So let's get into a little meat church business here. And for the folks who just might be tuning in for the first time or finding the show, maybe they're not as familiar with your whole deal and the brand and all that stuff. Just a quick snapshot of Meat Church, how many employees you might have right now, and, and kind of how you got that start and, and where you're at today. Super unique barbecue brand, in my opinion. You know, I say all the time, I'm not trying to be anybody else, so we're doing our own thing. Um, you know, people say, what is Meat Church? And I say, I either say I do one of two things, which is, you know, we sell a line of barbecue products, and then on the personality side, uh, I really like to do the appearance, teaching, that sort of thing, kind of travel around teaching barbecue, as you know, and teach a lot here in, here in Texas. Um, and then the other hand, I say I'm kind of everything but a restaurant. So, um, you know, really my mission is to have everything you need to make great barbecue. I recently opened our flagship store, which I'm sitting in right now, which is kind of a new venture for us. Maybe not my brightest idea, but it's fun. <laughs> um, so, you know, I just want to be able to I don't care what people cook on. I don't care how people cook. You know, I say barbecue is a journey. It doesn't matter how you get there. And, you know, I barbecue. I always say I barbecue to have a good time and make good memories. And so I'm here just to help people make really good barbecue. And at the end of the day, if I can have every product you need to do that, then, you know, I feel pretty good about it. So pretty simple mission. Uh, Matt, the last two times you've been on the show, I've led with the whole do you still have a day job, uh, job question? And the answer has always been yes. I, you know, you're an IT guy. However, since our last conversation, you have made the jump from having both to doing Meat Church only. So, you know, regardless of how successful Meat Church might be, if you have a good, a good day job that you like doing, it's probably a struggle to look at leaving the day job to go to the other job in a realistic sense. So, you know, let's dive into that and break it down because I think it's important for people that might be in some kind of a similar situation to hear your journey. And I'm sure it's always sounded like a good idea. Matt Pittman, only meet church every day, all day, no matter what. But what made you walk over the other side of the fence and leave IT behind at this point? And it was a really, um, not necessarily a hard decision, but it was really tough to get to the decision point with my wife and my family. And I tell people, you know, a lot of people will get good at barbecue and go open a restaurant. And I know people have done that late in their 20s, early in their 30s, and it's not as hard of a decision. But um, I was an officer of a company that had, you know, recently gone public and, um, you know, 21 years in corporate America, degree in finance. And it was an eight to five job. It was a career and it paid me very well. And they made it very difficult for me to leave. Um, in my mind, you know, I knew for a while that this was coming and people around me knew that it was coming. But I have four kids, uh, two are in college, and, you know, it's not easy to just go cut that loose and go, you know, go do this. And so uh, wife and I decided last summer that we would do it, and I would transition out over the course of late last year, which I did. So I retired in December, and now I'm, uh, I'm full-time meat church, uh, which is pretty exciting. But, you know, it was a rough last couple years because my job was very demanding. Uh, I managed technology operations and real estate for a very high-growth company. And uh, that had me extremely busy. And so no one understood how I was able to juggle Meat Church on the side, so to speak. Uh, so, and funny, everyone says you're busier when you work for yourself. And it's crazy how, <laughs> you know, the first quarter in barbecue is usually the slower time. And I've probably never been as busy as I am 
right now. But um, and I'm still not doing everything that I want to do, but it's extremely rewarding and uh, 110% the right decision. So let's pull the curtain back just a little bit when you say you were always asked, and I think I was one of the guys that had asked you at some point live on this show, how are you doing a day job where you're very successful and very important at uh, because you know IT and real estate, especially if it's in a, a big growth segment, I mean, that has to be on point for everything to kind of hit all its marks. Then you also have this great business of Meat Church, and it's like a whole different scene. How are you able to, to do both? So how were you able to run both? Who was helping you along? I didn't sleep a lot. Um, some people call me the hardest working man in barbecue. I don't, you know, I don't know about that. A lot, you know, everybody in barbecue works really hard. But I, I certainly have. I think I have a strong work ethic. Got it from my uh, grandfather and my dad. So um, never stop working. I'm certainly proud when my kids tell me they've never seen anybody work so hard. Um, but that took a toll on my family because you know I'm up early in the morning. I did things way early with Meat Church. Went to my job, made sure I was you know laser focused on my job, and then got back to Meat Church in the evening. But it took a lot of time away from my family, and that was the that was the part that hurt. Um, I outsourced a couple things. I mean, I, I kind of do most things, but um, you know, just kind of had some part time employees helping do the fulfillment, which some people still think is crazy that we're not in fulfillment uh, or not leveraging a third party company. But um, it's a full family business, so everyone employed here uh, is in my family, and so that's a really cool story. You know, that may not scale forever, but. For now, I've got my eyes keenly on what we do on a daily basis. Quality is huge. I answer every customer service email, all the socials, me. So, you know, it it's a lot, but it's important to me right now and where we're at. Um, and we've got a great name in the industry, and I want to keep it that way. So I'll, I'll keep doing this as, as long as I can do it. You know, I've, I've had a number of discussions that are similar to what we're talking about here. I mean, I'm kind of one of those guys, right? I have a day job. I sell class eight Peterbilt trucks during the day. And then over the course of 11 and 12 years, I've went from a you know piece of crap show to still piece of crap show, but I have also started to generate some revenue over the course of time. I mean, yeah. if, if things just went to the crapper with Pete, I got fired unannounced. I showed up high one day and I got terminated. You know, I, I probably generate a decent enough income to piece it together. But I'm a guy who really likes money a lot. So I don't yeah. mind being really successful at truck sales right now, which I guess anybody could be really successful at truck sales the way the industry is going right now. But you know, I make a pretty good chunk over there. I'm making a pretty decent chunk there. I don't really want to leave one or the other. I'm really good at one. I'm really good at the other. I'm not taking one from the other. I know that was uh, kind of one of the concerns that you had mentioned about as well. So when you're talking to your wife and when you're like, hey, you know, we both agree here, but like, what are the big decisions or the big things that you both have to agree on to say, okay, we're both in agreeing that you're going to leave this really great job and do meet church full time? That's got to be a big yeah. deal. It was huge uh, because she didn't really want any part of it, and I'm not speaking ill or bad of her, but oh, it, it took me a long time to realize she had a different perspective. You know, I thought, hey, at my corporate job, I make X amount of money, and with Meat Church, we have X amount of money, and once Meat Church is bigger than this and I'm comfortable, then what's the big decision? Right. But my business is interesting. You know, we just turned five years old, but the first within the first year, you know, we we didn't know it was going to be this, and it, and we weren't trying to make it this. So at some point it was a it was a hobby when it started, and I don't know exactly at what point it officially became a business that we were really trying. But in the second year, if I look back, I thought, well, that's pretty good money. But I wondered, is this going to keep growing? In the third year, I'm like, this is good money, but is it going to drop tomorrow? 
And you never know. And as I look back over, we have these complex spreadsheets where we look at our, our growth and things like that. And so, you know, it took me personally a long time to finally say, no, this is a real deal. But my wife's perspective wasn't what the business meat church was making. It was, why would you walk away from that amazing career job? Right. Like you can just put on your pants and go make a dang good living. We're very comfortable. Why would you leave that? And what if something happens to meat church, then what? And so, you know, I had to walk her through all the scenarios of where we're at financially, where we're at with our growth. I didn't sell her on anything. I said, look, I'm not going to say if we do this, then we'll achieve this. I said, forget that. Let's just say where we're at. Right. And she got comfortable with that finally. And, and I said, you just got to trust me. You know, I wake up every day trying to provide for my family. I'm not going to, you know, I'm an entrepreneur at heart. I, I'm a barbecue guy, but I'm an entrepreneur. And I said, I'm going to make, we're going to be fine. And I've never had 1% doubt. It's still challenging. I mean, her other challenge, her other concern was I get called every day to be somewhere to do something. And she said, once you don't have that job, you're going to be gone all the time. And I am gone a lot right now. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a balance. It's a, and it's a tough balance because they're all great opportunities. You know, I don't like to say no, but got to keep the family happy as well. I hear from some folks that say, if you have both, you know, you never fully commit until you leave the day job for the side piece. So as the year turns, you go fully into Me Church. Do you feel like there is a uh, new revival of commitment or a new level of commitment that you didn't feel before? I personally felt very committed, but it's like wholly my baby now. You know, I wake up thinking this is even more important, but but it's very uh, rewarding too because I, you know, like today I woke up and said, "All right, I'm not going to go in. I'm going to eat breakfast with my wife or whatever, and you know, I can kind of do what I want." Um, but it, it's it's cool to be able to know that you're wholly responsible for what you're doing, uh, and so yeah, super super committed. Matt Pittman joining me here on the show, uh, talking about Meat Church and doing that full time now. MeatChurch.com, the website, if you want to check it out here while we're talking. Did you leave? a open door back to the corporate world in case things maybe started to go south or things weren't like panning out or, or if things don't pan out, do you leave like a trail back and say, Hey guys, you know, don't forget about me or can you not live like that? You know, I, so when I approached my boss, I said, I'm not giving you my notice. I said, I'm, I just want to talk to you about my intention and I want to build a plan together. I want to make you whole. I'll stay as long as you want me to stay. Uh, and, and, you know, she asked me like, how, how long does that seem? And I said, well, I don't know. This was in the beginning of the fall. And I said, feels like the end of the year, but I'm flexible. So I finished out a major project I was working on, you know, did them right, I guess I would say. And so definitely the doors open, but I never had one conversation about, Hey, if this doesn't work, I'm coming back. Cause I'm, I'm 10,000% committed. And, um, I don't miss the corporate world. Like, you know, everyone in the corporate world hates meetings and all that. And I had an hour commute one way. And so I don't, I definitely mm -hmm. do not miss that. You know, got to take my daughter to gymnastics at four o'clock today that I would have never been able to do previously. So um, the door, I guess the door is open because it was an extremely amicable professional transition. Um, but hopefully I don't ever have to exercise that. And, and I would imagine that Meet Church revenues, I'm not looking for specific numbers, obviously, but I would imagine the revenues are, are able to sustain you guys as like the living, breathing pitmans and, you know, continue to grow on the business side as well. We've made, you know, we've made really smart financial decisions personally. Um, we're not out, you know, I, I drove, I'm, I'm at the shop. I drove up here in a 
2010 Accord with 200,000 miles on it. You know, I'm not I'm not rocking the Meat Church Maserati <laughs> quite yet. So I've I've been ex- I've tried to be extremely smart with what we do. Um, so we try not to spend our money. We like to have good vacations. But other than that, I'm trying to be smart. So I, I you know, yeah, the revenue, the the growth of the company has been unreal. Like last year, every every month I'd look at the books and be like, geez, like what's going on? So it became easier for me last year to think that this would be good. And I feel, I mean, I'm, we're lucky. Like we we have such amazing customers, and people go out and talk about us and tell their friends about us. And and these classes they they sell out in like record time. So. We've been extremely lucky, thanks to kind of the community of people that uh, use Meat Church. We're talking with Matt Pittman from Meat Church. Matt, can I hold you over for one more segment and we can continue to talk? All right, hold on a second here. We are talking with Matt Pittman from Meat Church. Again, the website is meatchurch.com if you want to check it out here. Some of the most popular rubs out there on the market today. Let me talk to you quickly about the Barbecue Guru, longest-running sponsor of this show. Always believing that outdoor cooking should be easy and fun because it can be, especially with the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill. By the way, if you read Forbes, great mention from Forbes on the Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition Grill for being one of those you know, tech grills. I believe Green Mountain Grills was also mentioned in that as well. So, the Monolith, if you don't know, is a ceramic cooker. It's the world's first temperature-controlled smoker with a built-in power draft fan. So, what does that mean? It means if you already have a Barbecue Guru temperature controller, you don't have to get a fan. You buy this cooker. It's Everything is integrated. Plus, it's got all the accessories that you could ever imagine. You don't have to go buy the cooker and now buy $1,000 worth of accessories. Nothing like that. Everything's included, plus the draft fan. So, if you have a controller, hook it up to the fan. And away you go. If you want to upgrade that technology, you can certainly do that over at the website. Easily choose your cooking time and temperature. Let the monolith do the work of a sous chef or a barbecue pit master. And with minimal effort, you now have oven-like precision at the grill. You can serve the tastiest, juiciest meals each and every time. That's called Consistency, where I come from. The website, bbqguru.com. That's bbqguru.com. Or give them a call at 800 288 G-U-R-U. That's 800-288-GURU. Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. And again, check them out. The Forbes magazine article that just came out today. Congratulations to Barbecue Bob, Trudnack, and everybody out there in Warminster, Pennsylvania. We are back with Meat Church right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. And this portion of the show being brought to you by CookinPellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets. For all your pellet-driven cookers, you visit CookinPellets.com. That's C-O-O-K-I-N, CookinPellets.com for more information or purchase you would like to you can buy from amazon.com as well don't forget to download their free app alerts you to great shipping deals as well great flavors too not just your run-of-the-mill crap matt Pittman joining me thanks for hanging with me through the break there matt uh so let's talk a little bit about the products that are out there right now certainly the old standbys are continuing to do is there a product right now that is 
I don't want to say head and shoulders above the rest, but is there one that is shining right now amongst all the others? Yeah. So, you know, our, well, our Holy Cow and well, our Holy Cow has been the flagship for a long time, mm-hmm. but Holy Gospel was, uh, you know, a limited edition thing I put together two summers ago, a mashup of our Holy Cow and our Gospel All Purpose. And we ran it for a limited time and a lot of conk cooks came back and said, you got to keep that. And so the gospel was our true all purpose, but Holy Gospel is a little more peppery version of it. And it's become the even better all purpose. And it truly is good on pork, chicken, and steak. And so, you know, guys come in here and they go, man, Holy Cow's a little peppery for my wife. And I go put Holy Gospel on it. Or my buddy, Jack Arnold, who you've had on, he only puts that on all his, uh, you know, Snake River stuff he cooks. And so Holy Gospel is like good on anything. And it's just, I can't keep it. Um, and so we're selling these, you know, huge, uh, boxes for people. And, uh, I, that's the number one thing on the shelf. So when people want to sample, I say, here, try this. So that thing is, that thing is on fire. And we've, um, you know, now sitting here in the store, I'm looking up at our, at our wall and I don't know a lot of barbecue brands that are running 14 t-shirts and 25 hats at once. So most of it's on meatchurch.com. There's a few of them that are being shot right now that aren't out. You can only get in here. I'm a little out of control on the merch game right now, but you know, running 25 hats at once is, is kind of crazy, but I'm, I've always tried to be a little more of a lifestyle brand and we've, we've got some really cool stuff right now. So I'm, I'm pretty pumped with our merch lineup. When does too many options become too many options? You know, it's a good question. So early on in the rub, when we were just purely seasoning, I said, I'm not trying to be all things to all people. You know, I'm not going to have a blackened seasoning or, or whatever. So we may do some stuff that we kind of roll in, roll out like the, like the McRib. Um, so, you know, I don't know. But the thing about the store that's different, we got more storage space. And, you know, obviously we sell online and that's what fuels our business. But I thought, I've got more room in here. I've got this gorgeous wall. So you can kind of see the shiplap behind me. This yep. wood is 100 years old. Wow. On the other wall, it's darker and all the shirts are displayed. Someone has to, they point to a shirt and say, hey, I want that in X size. And we go in the back and get it. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to deck this place out in a ton of merch. It'll sell eventually. So some of this is kind of a test, you know, like we'll see what doesn't go well. But um, I sat in here and reordered the beginning of last week and was kind of shocked that I had to reorder at least half of my shirts. So it's it's doing really well. Do you have a partner or a shirt manufacturer that's like in town or are you using somebody across the Internet? I've got a couple. Um, so I've, I've got I've got two shirt partners and three hat companies, one of which is myself. I'm not really a hat company, but I, I do some of it direct. Um, so all the creative, and I've said this before, all the creative for me, church comes from me, the names, the illustrations, um, the art. So usually I don't, I don't have the ability to actually illustrate it. Someone has to do that for me, but there are some shirts. One of my companies does come up with some ideas and I make some tweaks, uh, but most of it kind of comes from me. So, um, all of them are in Texas, except one uh, is uh, is out of state. Is the Shih Tzu not? Is that your deal? <laughs> no. I bought that shirt at Five Below. That shirt's epic. <laughs> Five Below? Uh-oh. Oh, that's where everything great is in Five Below, no doubt about it. Um, the other rub that I wanted to ask you about is the honey bacon rub. So that started out as limited edition, but I have yet to see it get yanked. Yeah, it did. And then we brought it back. Um, so we ran that in August and it truly was going to be a limited edition because people thought we were joking with Holy Gospel. And we did pull it in October. And then um, we actually ended up bringing it back at Black Friday. Same thing due to customer demand. And so we already have a bacon rub and it sells way more 
they're in our bacon rub. So we thought about sunsetting the bacon rub, but there's people that buy it in bulk for other products. There's a guy that mm -hmm. makes deep fried peanuts and he buys it hundred pounds at a time. And so wow. we still have it now, but that may be one that we kind of let go away for a while, potentially. Do you have a percentage of how many food purveyors or restaurants are buying your stuff versus just the backyard folks? Yeah, no, I don't know what the percentage is, but there are um, pretty solid amount of restaurants around the country that use us. Some give us menu plays, some don't. Uh, there's some that use us in uh, in products, like I mentioned with the peanuts. But I mean, we've got quite a few restaurants, and they're not just they're not barbecue. Well, there are barbecue restaurants, but there are high end steak restaurants that use our stuff. There's a very well known pizza establishment here in Dallas Fort Worth that does. So that's that's kind of cool to go in somewhere and see your name on a menu. Uh, Matt Pittman joining me here on the show. I'm quickly looking through the Instagram stuff here and see if there's anything that I want to uh, throw out at you. Do you want to take some of these questions real quick and see what we come up with? And you still want to hit me with the restaurant thing, you can, but that's your call. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, we already answered the honey bacon rub. Uh, wrap or no wrap for brisket, foil and or uh, peach paper? Yeah, in Texas, you wrap with uh, you wrap with butcher paper. I taught a class this past weekend, and you know, I, I always tell the difference. I always say, look, there's multiple ways on this to go on this journey, and I talk about the pros and cons of foil and paper. But for me personally, it's always paper. Is there a meat heaven? <laughs> I think I'm sitting in it. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, what's the secret to your silky hair? Well, a lot of conditioner. So I've already washed it twice today. Uh, twice? Washed it just before I ran up here to the uh, shop to take this. So. It's a little shorter than it used to be, but you know I can't let people down. Who was your first mentor starting out in the business? Uh, Jamie Gear, Jambo Pits. Um, he, you know, I had a Jambo right off the bat, and when I was on Barbecue Pitmasters, Jamie uh, took me to his restaurant and, and let me cook for an entire day, no holds barred. You know, guys won that, won a bunch of episodes, and is an amazing cook. So you know, I always tell people that Jamie's my mentor. Outside of barbecue meats, what are your favorite sides? Favorite sides outside of barbecue meats. Yeah. Oh man, I mean, geez. Um, so we're running this potato salad right now. It's like a loaded baked potato that has a bunch of uh, sour cream in it. That it's way better than the barbecue. So that's probably my favorite. Uh, but jalapeno poppers. Every time I, well, most time at barbecue, I make jalapeno poppers, and I put either our honey hog or our D's nuts in the cream cheese of the jalapenos before I wrap it with bacon, and that can be beat. No doubt. Uh, Matt Pittman breaking it down here for Meat Church, MeatChurch.com, the website. Uh, Matt, let me ask you about time constraints. So as things continue to grow, as you said, you're kind of getting pulled in all directions. You're out of town here or there. You're away from home, whether that means just, I mean, Texas happens to be a pretty huge state anyway, so you could be in state and way out of town anyway. What kind of time demands are you contending with? Like, are you getting approached by people to say, hey, uh, let's go into business together, or we got this great opportunity we'd love for you to kind of buy into or take a look at or uh, just cook for. Like, w What kind of cool opportunities might be getting presented to you because of the success of Meat Church? Um, I will say that that's probably my biggest problem. Every day, you know, I get emails on really cool opportunities. You know, I, I got a, a guy emailed me yesterday about wanting to put an event together, and, you know, I'm fully booked through. I don't know, midsummer with some fall stuff booked as well. Like with my classes, I try not to book in the fall. You know, I only book a month or two out because of the family. Like, you know, I'm not a company of a hundred people. And, uh, you know, I, I tell people sometimes people create a business, they get a pile of money, they get a big staff. That's not what we've done. You know, we're running this out of, um, you know, our personal money. So we're running it on a shoestring. 
So that stresses me out or it, it spreads me extremely thin. But it's every day we have the coolest opportunities. And I always describe it as things you don't want to say no to. So Yeti calls and says, hey, can you come down and do this event? Well, heck yeah, right? You always you want to go do stuff for Yeti. Next thing you know, the calendar is exploding. I mean, right now, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be you know, partnered with Traeger, Miller Lite, um, Yeti. And so these are huge household name brands. And so when Miller Lite calls, of course, I'm going to go do something. So you know, there's good and bad with all of it. I'm not complaining. But Miller Lite calls and says, hey, come cook the Houston Rodeo. And, you know, there's a gajillion year wait to get in Houston. And next thing you know, Meat Church is there with Miller Lite, finaling and brisket. So um, it's they're good problems to have, but it's very hard to balance, I guess I would say, given our growth right now. Is the store a big challenge, too? I mean, going into a yeah. brick and mortar, you got to be there. I would assume that the people that are frequenting there probably want a chance to see the meat church guy. So there's probably a certain pressure on you to, to show up and be there. Yeah. The idea wasn't to open a retail store. The idea was to get a larger facility, to do fulfillment and to and create an office space for myself away from home. And we found this just kick-ass place built in 1890. And I thought this would be cool retail. Let's build it like an old hardware store. Let's chalk it full of stuff, make it a, everything in here is a story, everything like all the stuff in here, aside from the accessories that you have to have, are all my friends' things. So photos of me and my friends next to their seasoning. Like it's just, it's, it's very unique, right? I, I refuse to go shop anybody's store to curate this. I'm like, I'm going to do, this thing is going to be filled with what I want to fill it with. I mean, I could pan over here and you could see those are dog treats. How many barbecue <laughs> stores are selling dog treats? But my ranch, my rancher E3, 100% utilization of the steer. And so I've got their, you know, cow bones over here for sale. Um, so anyway, but yes, getting this store ready has made me extremely busy. And man, every time I'm in here, I teach about a hundred people to cook a brisket. <laughs> that's what, a challenge. What about restaurants? Is that something that's going to happen? Do you have zero interest in that? I would have zero interest in, in any kind of a restaurant yeah. ever, but I mean, where's yours at? So first and foremost, I will say that I have the utmost respect for my friends that run barbecue restaurants, barbecue joints. It's 100%. the hardest in the business. No doubt. And it's funny, I think in our industry that to feel um, like you've accomplished the end game, you have to open a restaurant. And so we've had lots of opportunities over the years. And, you know, last year and I talked, I had a um, probably, I think right now, the most amazing opportunity I've ever had. It would be one of the most gorgeous restaurants in the country. And we just walked away from it. Um, because like I said earlier, I'm, I'm not trying to be anybody else. Um, it would have probably wiped the slate clean from all the cool stuff that we do. And so I don't have to have that to feel justified. You know, I'll, I'll continue to do our festivals like red dirt barbecue music festival, or, you know, these food and wine festivals where we rock the longest line and we'll keep the allure there. But, you know, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing, cutting our own path. And it was, I'm, I'm, when I go down to this place and I see this restaurant with a different name on it, it's probably going to sting a little bit. Um, but you know, again, when I want to, when I want to go have lunch with my daughter at 1030 at school, I'm going to be able to do that. And so we've afforded ourselves the ability through what we've done to kind of do what we want. And I'm going to keep doing what I want and hopefully it'll pan out for us. Let's uh, switch gears here real quick. We had talked uh, very quickly about brisket, but I do want to hit a little bit on beef ribs since we are coming into a grilling season if folks you know kick bring them out and then put them away at some point during the course of the year um, we cook all year long here in the rock and roll hall of fame city of course but beef ribs are obviously continuing to be one of the top things that everybody wants to cook and master so uh, when it comes to the big plate ribs what are your recommendations 
So they're really pretty simple, and I think people overthink it a little bit. But um, I have a recipe on meatchurch.com for it if people want to refer back to that. But I I don't peel the membrane off the back of plate ribs. I don't think you need to. And I just season with our holy cow, which is, you know, a very central Texas rub. And, um, you know, I smoke them at 250, as high as 275. And I try not to go any higher than that with beef ribs. And I don't spritz whatsoever. And frankly, I don't even wrap mine. A lot of people wrap. I don't. I try to get close to eight hours out of mine if possible. So when I see people cut beef ribs, you know, you really want to render all that fat out. And you don't want to run, you don't want to cook those things too quick. I don't want to, I don't want someone to cut into it and see this huge sliver of fat in the middle. Um, and so after you get that pullback and, you know, I like to use my hands. We all, we all use thermopins uh, to, you know, kind of nail the desired doneness or internal temperature. But for me, I want to put my hand on those ribs and I want to feel the jiggle. Mm. And I would say that I take them a little further than a brisket personally. So if we're using numbers, if a brisket is done at 203, then my beef ribs are, are a little higher than that. So I want those things beyond probe tender and just jiggly like jello. So, I mean, how, how simple does it get if you just put them on the pit, smoke them, don't spritz them, don't wrap them? You can wrap near the end if you want to, but I don't think you have to. And you said you're shooting in that seven, eight hour range at 275? For plate ribs, for the three bone chuck, I mean, not chuck, short um, plate ribs, um, I, I try to get seven to eight hours. Hmm. Do you think people get, I mean, I remember when I first started getting into barbecue, you know, 12, 13 years ago, I had a Weber Smoky Mountain as my first cooker. I had a Maverick ET73 and I would sit there like a fiend watching the temperature go up. And if it went over one degree of where I wanted it to be, like I was out there messing with the dampers at the bottom, trying to just dial it in. And then over time, you know, obviously I, I learned that it doesn't have to be like that. You don't have to be that crazy dude. Do you think with the continuance and evolution of technology that people become way too concerned with temperature and not feel and how does it look and all the other aesthetics? Depends. You know, I came from an IT background and I wasn't a guy that had to have like a remote, you know, like a, a probe or anything like that because I'm super ADD. So I want to get in and check it all the time. But there are certainly people and a lot of IT guys like to grill and barbecue, by the way. So I, I do see a big reliance on that technology. Um, but I always tell people, you got to look for visual cues first, and then the thermometer is just kind of your assurance that it's where you want it to be. Matt, hey, just go, buy, just go buy a Traeger, and then you know the temperature's going to be right, and you don't have to worry about that's it. That's right. Set it at 275 <laughs> and let it sing as long as it's full of pellets. Away you go. Uh, what's your favorite food to eat right now? Um, it's always Asian food. So really? I could eat sushi or fried rice um, or you know, um, five, eight days a week. So it's, I mean, that's my go-to like, honey, what do you want to eat? Okay. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to get sushi or something. Where's the best sushi place you've eaten? Is it like Nobu or somewhere like that? So this is really pretty funny. And I, I think you and I might've talked about this, uh, before, but so I live in a town called Waxahachie and, uh, we have a sushi restaurant here and there didn't used to be sushi here. And when it opened, I was like, not, not the one I'm talking about, but just a sushi restaurant opened. I said, sushi and Waxahachie don't belong in the same sentence. I mean, it's kind of a country town. But we have the most amazing sushi restaurant, Ohana, here that we go to nonstop. Uh, it's, it's super good. So, you know, it's, and I can tell now I go in on Friday night and it's jammed. So my spot has been figured out. Do you like cucumber in your sushi? I hate it. No. You don't, I don't like, like it? Cucumber. Oh, no. My man! 
I tell you what, man. You go through those some of those menus with all the rolls and stuff, man. Eighty-five to ninety percent of them got that cucumber jammed up in there, man. I hate that, and I always feel there, like a I schmuck. A of, I don't see a lot of that here. Maybe that's Look, like is that a Cleveland thing? Out, you won't have to deal with a cucumber. Yeah, maybe that's just a Cleveland thing. that I'm thinking about. I don't know. Man, all right. Well, then that's just more motivation to get back down to Texas. Yep. In the meantime, you hit up MeChurch.com, see what's happening over there. Uh, check out classes. Uh, as Matt had mentioned, he's also partnering with Yeti and Traeger mm-hmm. and Miller Lite. If you guys like to drink beer, Miller Lite's kind of a name brand you've heard of before. And from time to time, he shows up right here on this show and breaks it all down for us. Matt, really appreciate the time tonight, my friend. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for having me. You got it. There he is. Matt Pittman. A superstar of barbecue right now, and a businessman of barbecue appearing on the Fogo Charcoal Hotline, fogocharcoal.com. If you are just tuning in this evening and you're not familiar with Matt, please go ahead and check him out. Again, at meatchurch.com. Yeah, yeah. All right. The rib, the beef rib advice. I know many of you are like, oh, give me the beef rib advice. You're all probably like, that was really easy beef rib advice. Yeah, baby. Sometimes it doesn't have to be 10 minutes of this and four hours of that and foil this and change your pellets out and throw bigger sticks in and wait until it gets to this temperature. 275 for the plate ribs. Holy cow, rub, his, or I guess whatever rub you like that goes on beef. Get that cooker fired up to 275, run it eight hours, no foiling, no spritzing, no nothing. Feel it for the chigga. <laughs> so uh, he said 203, I think I've always heard 206 as well, or I've heard 206 as well as a done temperature. Check it out. Try those plate ribs recipe from Mr. Matt Pittman. Now, you can also head over to BigPapaSmokers.com and buy all your barbecue items that you need. Their curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Everything at BigPapaSmokers.com has been Pitmaster approved by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. We mentioned him here at the top of the show. They have these great seasonings like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit. More importantly, on in the backyard. I use them all the time. Big Papa Smokers offers 13 perfectly balanced flavors to transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. Whether you're cooking to impress judges or grilling for your family, Big Papa Smokers, award-winning rubs and seasonings just don't disappoint. They've also partnered with Steph Franklin over at Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form the West Coast offense. If you are in the competition scene, you know all about it. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. If you're looking for a great new go-to barbecue sauce that will please everyone, Granny's traditional yet powerful flavor reminds us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Now, rub sauces, all great. How about cookers? You betcha. Some of the best charcoal, pellet, and wood cookers on the market today. If you're looking for that versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out the Mac 2 Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa's, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offers special packages that nobody else can do. Not a pellet, uh, fan of pellet smokers? No problem. Take a look at the old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're a backyard barbecue enthusiast looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever, the M Grill from Texas is just what you need. They're built like tanks. Come on. You know you can find it all over there. BigPapaSmokers.com. Questions? Call them. 877 828 
877-828-0727. That's 877-828-0727. Or visit the website bigpapasmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A-S-M-O-K-E-R-S, bigpapasmokers.com. And the cooking site, cookingwithbigpop.com. All right, we're back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. Thanks again to Matt Pittman from Meat Church for joining me the last two segments. MeatChurch.com, his website, if you have not checked that out yet. Or if you're just new into the barbecue scene, you might want to check that out. One of a myriad of places to go get great products. And while we didn't really spend a lot of time on it, he does have a really great selection of unique shirts and merch. So if you are a merch ant... Or a merch fan. Unique stuff. Perhaps the Barbecue AF shirt might be right up your alley. Or one that just says Meat Church on it. It's got a whole bunch of other ones. That's a place you want to check out. Again, the website MeatChurch.com. And again, Matt does give classes that sell out very quickly. Sounds like he's doing some in his shop. But I know uh, at other times he's given them in his backyard. He had kind of... I don't want to say retrofitted, but enhanced his backyard to also be a cooking class arena. And he's done classes out there for you know a couple years now, I think. So meatchurch.com, the best way to go and see what Matt is up to. And if you're going to be around his general area, evidently there's some really great sushi and waxahachie. I said waxahachie first, but waxahachie, I listen. And obviously some great barbecue. All right, we are going to reload here for the second hour. Some hot takes coming for you. As we hit the top, your phone calls and emails if you want to jump in, 216-220-0966. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. And then, of course, we have the embedded correspondence coming up at 14 past the second hour and 35 past. You are listening and watching the Barbecue Central show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. 